part of the media ministry of Cornerstone Church. You can listen to this and other messages on our website at www.corner-stone.org or by subscribing to our podcast. I'm going to ask my panel of experts to come up. If you were one of the ones that was going to come, come on up. And I've added one more to that, so maybe, uh, oh, I thought we had, oh yeah, we did. So, so, so can he, he's going to help. And you can have a seat right there, guys. You can three seats right there. I'm going to put a fourth seat right here. Since Jude, you got your mic. Do they look like they're a panel of experts? Yes. Incredible expertise that we have assembled together this morning. Have you ever noticed in the Bible that we are told a lot, I mean a lot, about the birth of Christ? When we look to Luke, we begin to see in Luke chapter 2, Uh, that he was born of a virgin. We see that he was born in Bethlehem. We also, where was he laid after he was born? After after he was born, where was Jesus put? What did we call it? A manger, yeah, in a manger. And so we know all these different things about Christ uh, in the beginning. We also know a whole bunch about uh, his ministry. When he's about 30 years old, we see Christ go into the ministry uh, or go into the ministry that God had called him to uh, following John the Baptist, and he's kind of the forerunner there. And then we see all these things. Christ goes out and he gets 12 disciples. He goes and he does miracles. He does healings. He teaches incredibly, and people are amazed with him. Finally, at the, in about three years, we see that uh, uh, the Romans and the Jewish people kind of got together, and they put him to death. They hung him on a cross, and he died. And then where did they place Jesus when he died? In a tomb. That microphone, so you're okay. In a tomb. No, okay. I, I think they're on. And, uh, and then, did he stay there forever, or what happened? He rose again. He rose again. On what day? The third. On the third day. Okay. So we know a lot about the beginning of Jesus. We know a lot about the three years of ministry. But did you ever wonder about Jesus as a child, like your ages? In fact, Buddy Kate, how old are you? Nine. Nine? How old are you, Drew? Eleven. Eleven? Eight. Eight. So we have, have you ever wondered what Jesus was doing when he was eight, nine, and eleven years old? He was a carpenter. Uh, His dad was a carpenter. His earthly dad was a a carpenter, so he was probably learning the the tools of the trade there. We really don't have anything except for just a little small snippet about what Jesus did as a child. And we see that in Luke chapter 2. Now, Luke chapter 2, Luke was a historian. He was also... Uh, his main kind of job was a doctor. He was a physician, okay? But he loved history. And so he would gather this history under the, you know, the guidance of the Holy Spirit. He began to write down the story of Christ as recorded in his gospel called the Gospel of Luke. And when we begin to see that, it's the only time that we see a mentor, mention of Christ kind of as a young, almost teenager. In fact, we see this in Luke chapter 2 that he was about 12 years old. He was 12 years old. And his family every year would get gather together with the rest of the community. They were Jewish people. And they would go into a place called Jerusalem, which was the capital, and they would go for a time called Passover. Now, when they would go, they didn't have cars. They didn't have trains. They didn't have airplanes or anything like that. So you know how they would gather? They would gather together, and they would travel like this whole bunch would gather together. Now, if you were traveling with this entire bunch... Would you be hanging out with the kids or with the parents? 
Kids. Kids. Yeah, you didn't hesitate at all on that at all. And that's how they traveled. They would go into Jerusalem, and they would gather a big group, just like we have a big group here today. But kind of the ladies would hang out. Sometimes the guys would hang out. In fact, the ladies were kind of the first ones, and the children were there, and the guys actually were in the back. And it wasn't that they weren't, weren't leading. They were just kind of making sure that everybody was kind of tucked in, everybody was safe. And so they would travel to the Passover to Jerusalem, and we see this story about Jesus. Luke chapter 2, verse 49. They go into Passover. They spend a couple of days there celebrating, kind of like this big worship service. Then they start to head back home. And when they start heading back home, they get a whole day's journey. Mom and Dad really catch this, okay? A whole day's journey that they're leaving. And finally, a day later, Mary says, where's Jesus? Now, Aaron, can you imagine a day later, you know, knowing that we're traveling as a big group? And knowing that more than likely your boys are not going to just hang with you the whole time, okay? They're going to hang with the other guys. Everybody's having fun. But can you imagine going to bed that first night? Telling you, know, I haven't seen Jesus all day. I wonder where Jesus is. It's a whole day. They're traveling back, and then, and then they find out. She goes, where's Jesus? And, then, and uh, they don't know, so they head back to Jerusalem, and they go back there, and they find him. Does anybody know where they found Jesus when they went back to Jerusalem? in the temple, in their church. And here's what he said. They go, you know, would your mom be mad, just maybe a little bit angry, if you yes. had kind of separated yes. and then also, okay. Yes. And so do you think she'd be a, kind of a little bit in your face and say, yes, yeah. And says, where yes. were you? Yes, yes. In here's Jesus' here's response. <laughs> here's Jesus' response, verse 49. Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I would be in my father's house? Jesus goes, you know, okay, there's a couple ways you can interpret this. One way is, didn't you know that this is where I was supposed to be? The other one is, okay, out of all the places in Jerusalem, isn't this where you really should know that you would find me? In my father's house. And Jesus was there, and he was talking to all the other pastors, priests, and rabbis, and he was talking to all them, and they were amazed at how much Jesus knew. He's 12 years old, and he knows all this stuff. So they see that. They said, well, we've got to go home. They start heading home. Now, I do want you to learn this, okay? I want okay. you to look at this next verse, okay? Verse 51. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. In other words, the writer Luke wanted us to know that even though Jesus kind of went off and he was kind of trailing behind in Jerusalem, they do want us to know that in his teenage years and from that point on, not that he was disobedient then, but that all these other times, Jesus wasn't just off kind of doing his own thing. It says very, uh, very much in verse 51 that Jesus went back with them and he was submissive to them. What does the word submissive mean? I have no idea. You don't know? It means to do what you're told. So if you were going to be submissive, <laughs> so if you're going to be submissive to your moms and your dads, that means you're going to be just be obedient. You're going to do what they say. Now, here's the, here's the part we're getting to, and this is where I need a little bit of help. We get to the last verse of chapter 2, and it tells us something about Jesus that we find only here in the Bible, and we don't find it anywhere else. And it is, okay, what happened between age 12 and age, anybody know when he started the ministry? We just said a little while ago. 30. How many years is that? A lot. 18. Okay. 18 years, here's the one verse that sums up what happened in that 18 years. The only verse that we know of that really kind of gives, you know, a dedication to this. Luke 2, 52. 
And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. And you know what wisdom is? What is wisdom? Being wise. Do what? Being wise. Being wise. Okay. What else? What, what is being wise? What is wisdom? Being smart. Being smart. It's a little bit more than... What else? Drew, you know? Okay. Wisdom is the application of knowledge. It's not just having a lot of facts. Have you ever known somebody who had a lot of facts and yet they were not very wise people? Yes. Okay. So it says that here that he had wisdom, that is, he began to grow mentally. His mental, mental capabilities were growing and expanding. And we find out, Jesus himself told us what wisdom is. He said it's the proper application of what you're dealt with in life. He told a story one time in Matthew chapter 7 about two guys. One was wise and one was foolish. And they had to build a house. And the wise person built his house on a rock. So it was very firm and steady. The other guy built a house, same kind of house, and faced the kind, same kind of circumstances, but he built it on the sand. Now, when storms came, which one of those houses do you think stood? The, the first one. one. Yeah, the one on the rock, because it was on something solid. And the whole point that Jesus was talking about is walking with him is not just acquiring a lot of knowledge and a lot of facts, but being wise and living your life on that rock-solid truth. So that's the first one. Wisdom is growing mentally. The second thing that we see there is just that he's growing in stature. What does that mean, stature? He's taller. Growing firm. What? He's taller. Okay, he's getting bigger. What else? Okay, it's his physical part. So he started growing bigger and everything, you know, taller, gaining some weight, some muscle, all those kind of things. So he grew that way. Okay, also it said that he started to grow in favor with God. What do you think that means? I mean, he already had God's favor. He was God in one way. He loved God very much. He loved God very much, and God was pleased with his life. You think, Bonnie Kate? Yeah. And the last thing it said is that he was growing in favor of man. That means that when he met people, he wasn't rude. He wasn't unkind. People liked him. So he was growing socially. Now, guys, I want you to think about it. Wisdom, statue, favor with God, favor with man. Here's my question to you guys. There's a lot of different ways you can grow. Mentally, smarts. Physically, your body. Spiritually, in your relationship with God. And socially, your relationship with others. Which one do you think you're the most concerned with? Honestly, Bonnie Kate, when it comes down to everyday life, out of growing mentally, physically, with God... Or with others, which one do you think occupies your mind the most? Now, I know we're in church, so I know which one is supposed to be the right answer. But, Bonnie, for you, which one do you think you think the most about? You don't know? Drew, how about you? Mentally. Mentally? Growing smart and knowing the answers? What about you, Charlie? I mean, be honest. Come on. I told you if you got up here, you couldn't give me I don't knows. What do you think? Which one occupies your mind the most? Like having a lot of friends? No. No, that's not what? Growing uh, stronger? Bigger? Smarter? Probably mentally. Mentally. Okay. Bonnie Gate, you want to give a, a chance now? Which one do you think? Mentally. Okay. We put a lot of focus. I mean, school, you learn facts. You learn how to do Copies. these things. What about you, Jude? Probably my relationship with others. 
with others. And you're kind of a social butterfly, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can see that. No, that means that you really like people and people really like you. Okay, here's the big question. Here's the big question. I realize that the real church answer is that we should be growing with God in our relationship with God. And yet sometimes that's not always what's only the very first part of our mind. Second question for you. Which one do you think your parents are the most concerned about? Growing mentally, physically, in your relationship with God, or your relationship with other people? Mentally. Mentally. They want to make sure you get A's, right? Yeah. What about you, Drew? Spiritually. Spiritually? Spiritually. Okay, what about you, Bonnie Kate? Going, growing with God. What about you? Which one do you think your parents are the most concerned about? I mean, all four of those are very, very important. This probably guy. Yeah. See, it's an amazing thing, guys. There's not a bad thing here. Jesus grew in every capacity. Mentally, physically, socially, spiritually. It, it, it was funny that Luke just wouldn't say, and Jesus began to be more and more and more spiritual, that his only area of growth was spirituality. No, it says that Jesus was growing in every capacity. And these kids and your kids are going to grow in every capacity. But one of the things that we've got to make sure on is that we make sure that we give emphasis to every one of these. And so that's why we wanted to have a back-to-school prayer time so that we can pray for the teachers, we can pray for your students, and that, I mean, can you think of a better verse to really pray for your kids that they would grow in all these different areas? I mean, we want them to grow physically. You feed them well. In fact, I just saw some of the kids back there, and they ate twice as much as some of the men, some of these young guys. And it's almost impossible to fill them up. And so we know that they're going to grow physically. We also know that they're going to grow mentally. That's why we send them to school, so they can learn all these things. But growing in favor with God learning obedience, and growing in favor with man that is having a good reputation. Do you think God really cares about that? He does. Yeah. You were, do y'all ever sing this song when you were little, This Little Light of Mine, I'm Going to Let It Shine? Yeah. Okay, I'm not going to make you sing yeah. it. I'm certainly not going to sing it. But, you know, that story that Jesus told is growing in favor with man. That as we walk this earth, that we are out there and we are walking in and gaining more and more in the favor of people just respecting us, whether that's the way that we play football, the way that we do a sport, where we do some other activity, play the piano, that we do it and we do it well and we do it with respect and that other kids just like us. It doesn't mean that being popular is the most important things, but, you know, when God wanted us to really have relationships with other people, so all four of these are very important. Here's what I want you to do, though. This year, I want you to first and foremost say, you know, I, I know that I'm going to grow mentally. I've got to do well in the test. I know I'm going to grow, you know, kind of my physical body. I'm getting bigger and bigger. I do want to be popular. I want to have friends. But I want you to make it a point this year. I say, I want to grow in favor with God. What do you think that means? This is the last question. What do you think it means to grow in favor with God? Bonnie Kate, I'll let you go first. To love him a lot? What are you going to add to that, Drew? To grow in favor with God. Charlie? To learn more about him. To learn more about him. Taking that knowledge and turning it into wisdom. What else? Jude, what do you think it means to grow in favor with God? To grow with him and learn how to be like him. Okay, to become more and more like him. That's kind of our whole purpose for 2017. 
is that we want to be more found more and more in the image of Christ. Drew, I'll let you take that final shot. To stay, to stay strong with Him? Yeah, to keep on walking with Him. To grow in favor. God already loves you. And if we've given our life to Christ, He's already had His favor upon us through Christ. But that life of obedience, we're just more and more, we, we hunger for the things that God hungers for. That's what I pray for you. And guys, this morning, I would pray that for every parent here, that you would have opportunity to truly pray this kind of prayer for your kids this year. Every one of these are important, but that you would truly say, okay, yeah, I want my kids to grow physically. I want them to grow mentally. I want them to grow in every aspect, but I really want them to grow in favor with God. I want them to grow more and more in their walk with Him. Something we're going to do this year to, to kind of emphasize, again, some of the intergenerational things. Um, I forgot my, my youth group ones, so I just have the children's ones. But uh, parents, if you don't mind filling out one of these, if you would like to participate in this ministry, what we're going to do is that it just has a place on here for the name, the grade, your student's teacher's name, and some of their favorite things. They can fill this out. You can fill it out there with them or for them. Even if they're preschoolers, even like the young ones, Aaron, you can fill this out so that we can pray for those boys. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to let some of the older ones in our congregation, that kids have grown and they're already kind of gone, maybe even have kids of their own, you two adopt some of these. And that you would, for this school year, you say, okay, look, I'm going to take Billy, I'm going to take, you know, Susie, and I'm going to pray for them. And from time to time, I will even contact them or encourage them. We want that interaction between the generations so we really take responsibility. Because, I mean, wouldn't it be cool to have extra grandmas and granddads? No. You don't, no. I, I think so. Because grandmas and granddads are pretty money. cool, and they give you a lot of things. They okay. give you money. Hard so, yeah. How is that good? Give you money. <laughs> they give you money, okay. You don't have to give financially to this. This is just one of those things. But there's some of these in the front here. There's some, some in the back. And guys, here's what I'd like for you to do. If you want your kids to be a part of this, that you would fill this out. Kids, you can fill out one. And again, I do apologize. It kind of looks a little childish. I forgot the youth ones. I know that y'all were kind of past this right here. Okay? But since I left those at home, okay, you can still fill these out. Turn them back into yep. me. If you would like to be part of the older ones, you do, and by older, that's always a dangerous word. Okay? Because, you, you know, does it mean that you have to be a grandparent or grandparent's age? No. It means that you just want to be praying for some of these kids. There's a sheet that looks just like this in the back. And there's one here in the front. And sometime in the next week or so that you would just, today or next week, you would sign up. And then I will sign one, two uh, students with you so that you can start for this school year to pray for them, to, uh, to strike a relationship with them and that you would just be able to invest in their lives. So that's the simplicity of it. Today we're going to do this simple thing, and then we're about to go. We're going to have a time of prayer. We're going to have one last song. Uh, we're going to have a time of prayer. You can pray for your kids and your family right where you are. You can come to the altar and pray. There's no pressure. I realize that anytime we do public prayer, guys, it's one of those things people freak out. I realize that people go, you know, and, and that's okay. You don't have to pray aloud. You can just... Be where you are. But I want to give opportunity for you to be able to pray for your kids. I want us to have opportunity for us to, to, to pray as a congregation for teachers and uh, to lift them up before the Lord. Guys, here's the bottom line. 
We either believe in prayer or we don't. Either prayer is a religious activity that we involve ourselves in or we really do believe that prayer touches the very heart of God and that it's a connection that we have with God and that it very much is a blessing to him and can be a blessing to us. And so I want us to make very much this prayer time this morning something we're only going to take a couple of minutes. It's not going to drag on. It's not, we're not going to be here for the next 20 minutes. just want to give you time to either pray for yourself, pray for the teachers, pray for the school. You can come up here. You can gather together however you want to do it. We're going to give you about two minutes for prayer time. Can you just kind of play something? And then at the end of that, after you're playing, just lead us in that last song. Okay. So let me start us off. Again, the altar is open, guys. You can come. You can pray as a family. You can gather together. You can pray right where you are. No real rules. If you don't have kids in school, you can just pray. About two minutes of that, and then we'll end with a song. Okay. Let me start us off, and then you can gather together however you want this morning. Guys, thank you. By the way, you can put those down. Thank you. Thank you very much. You did a great job. Wonderful. Let's pray. Father, this morning we come, and and Father, uh, what a world we have out there. Father, full of uh, great, great teachers. And, Father, also uh, a very uh, strange and sometimes a very hard world. And, Father, what, what faith it takes to send our kids out in that every day. Our Father, we have many homeschoolers. We have a lot of moms and dads. that You just led them. You've put upon their heart that they are to train up their own children. And, Father, I can imagine that there are great and glorious days with that. And I can imagine that there's some really challenging days with that. And so, Father, today we come, and, Father, it's not that we want to reduce our prayer time down to just a minute or two. Father, we do want to start this new school year off praying for teachers, lifting them up. Father, we have a a church full of of teachers in our community, and we want to pray that you use them in a mighty way for the gospel. Father, I do pray that uh, some of the older ones in our congregation would, Father, feel the call to pray for some of the younger ones. Strike up a relationship and say, yes, I would be honored to pray for these two. And Father, that they would just see that that's a, a, a great way of making the body of Christ one. So now, Father, uh, we come to you. We give you this next minute or two to pray before you and uh, to start this year off, Father, before you. Asking you for your blessing, for your protection. For you to use our children, Father, to grow physically, to grow mentally, to grow socially, but, Father, especially to grow spiritually with you. We love you, Father. We thank you. So we pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for listening today. We hope this message was a blessing to you. To learn more about our church or our media ministry, you can visit us online at www.corner-stone.org or find us on Facebook.